I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Champions League quarterfinals and semifinals draw is set as well as Europa League. We have Jimmy Conrad to break every thing down Bayern Munich against PSG Man City against Borussia Dortmund Real Madrid against Liverpool Chelsea against Porto it's just absolutely ridiculous all these games we have that Europa League and so much more que golazo begins right now Everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso, our bonus episode, because the champions, the draw has been made for the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Jimmy Conrad is here with me. We're going to talk about it. And of course, Europa League as well. We have you covered. Jimmy C. Oh, my God. What a draw, baby. What a draw for the Champions League. Amazing. I'm here that we're giving the audience raw emotion about this because we just saw it ourselves. So there's a lot going on. If you guys don't know about this draw, they are some tantalizing matchups and I'm excited to dive in and then also get some feedback from the audience about their predictions because uh, this is going to be a really special last eight. Absolutely. And you just said it there, by the way, everybody, if you obviously follow us on Twitter, please do. Also follow Jimmy Conrad and LMA Echegaray. Please send us, tweet us. Like, what do you think? Who do you think is now the favorite? What matchup do you like? Give us some funny names for the matchups. Of course, the Mourinho <laughs> Derby, Porto Chelsea is a good one. The job interview game where Erling Haaland's facing Man City. I think that's a funny one. So give us some, uh, some fun uh, context here. We want to know what you think. But Jimmy, let's begin here. I'm going to set up just quickly, very quickly explain uh, what's going on here. And you give me the odds and then we'll get to it. Let's talk about, first of all, here it is. Bayern against PSG. Ooh. Man City against Dortmund. Woof. Real Madrid, Liverpool. My God. And then Porto against Chelsea. Talk to me about these games. Talk to me about the odds. First and foremost, you, you gave woofs after the first two <laughs> matchups and then uh, did not give woofs for the other matchups. No, I do I want to say, the, just those are the quarterfinal matchups, but the winner of Bayern Munich PSG takes on the winner of Manchester City Dortmund. That everybody needs to know. Then Madrid, Liverpool, the winner of that takes on the winner of Chelsea Porto. Okay, so let's just do the odds here. Man City, and there have been changes, by the way, so this is important to note. So Man City was plus 225. The draw came out. They're now plus 200. Bayern were plus 275. The draw comes out. They got PSG. They're now plus 350. PSG was plus 550. Now they're plus 750. Liverpool was 700. Now they're down to 600. Liverpool's down. Chelsea was at plus 800. They're down to plus 500, Luis. Real Madrid was at plus 1,200. They're now down to plus 1,100. Dortmund from 1,600 to 2,800. Nobody believes in them. And then Porto was unchanged at plus 4,000. Thanks for coming, Porto. But uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a great one. I don't know which matchup where you, where you want to start, but there's a lot to get into here, and I'm loving every second of it. Where do you want to go? Um, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, let's talk about last season's final. Bayern against PSG. Let's talk about that game. Uh, okay. You know, a, a huge game. I have my thoughts, but let's go with you. 
Okay, this is what I want to say. Eric Chupamoting, okay? He plays for Bayern Munich now. He played for PSG last season. I want, and I know Lisa, our Kegelasso pod producer is listening. I want her. This is her only job that I want from her over the next uh, next year. Well, she's got a limited time to make this happen. This is what I want to say. You got to get Eric Chupamoting on the show. You got to strap him to a lie detector test, and he's got to tell us who he thinks is the better team out of these two. He's played with Neymar and Mbappe, and now Lewandowski and Thomas Muller and Serge Gnabry and Leroy Sané. Like, I need to know. Like, he's with them every day and has been each team intimately, right? Seeing him in training, seeing him off the field. Who's better? Who's got the better vibes? I want Chupamotin on the team, Lisa. That is my challenge to you, or uh, not on the team. Well, that'd be great if you want to join the team. But if you want to come on the pod, that'd be great. So, so I wanted like to start meet there. Meet the parents thing, like a meet the parents. You just <laughs> exactly. <put them> in. <laughs> just, just bring it in. Like, like, yeah. Tell us which, which, who you love more, uh, your mom or your dad. So, <laughs> this is a this is a great one. I will say first and foremost, when I saw the draw, I felt really bad for Mauricio Pochettino because of all the teams that you could have drawn to get Bayern Munich just feels really harsh, uh, but over two legs, obviously he's got the horses to do it. I think there's an argument to be made that defensively PSG, I would say are a little bit more stout though. They do give up some goals. Now that I think about it, you know, them having a lead against not recently and then dropping two goals just because they're, it's almost like they're too casual, but in these types of matchups, when they know they have to be sharp, I think PSG shows up for it. And then you got Keeler Navas in goal who I love and who is a big game player, but then you got Bayern Munich, you got Robert Lewandowski, you got all the guys that I mentioned. And then if they can tighten things up in the back and if everybody's healthy, oh man, I don't even know what to say here. I, I think Bayern's still the favorite, of course, but I, I wouldn't sleep against this PSG team over two legs. Yeah, I have three things to say. Number one, I, I mean, this is going to be a fantastic game. I love that you promoting meet the parent situation. Tell <laughs> us, tell us which one is your favorite. Well, tell us who do you think? I love that. Uh, but I have three points. One, Marco Verratti, if he's fit, right? Because he didn't start in the final last time. Remember, it was a race against time. He was on the bench, right? The other one, Moise Keane as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he joined uh, uh, PSG this season. So that's a big one, okay? And then the third point, I think, is that Bayern Munich is so good, obviously, to me, after Man City, they're the favorite, right? But defensively, they are more vulnerable than last season. That's what yes. I think, right? So I think that yes. PSG has a point here. So I think it's very tight. I keep hearing Bayern Munich. I, we obviously just got off HQ. Uh, so, you know, Ian's going hard on Bayern. I, I just, I think I'm going to lean to PSG on this one. I'm just going to lean just purely only if Verratti's good to go. Moise Keane is back. Icardi also didn't feature in the album. So there's more competition up front. I don't know. It's going to be tough. I just need to play the devil's advocate. I know that they're the no, champion. I but I got, I, I got PSG. Right, listen, here, wait, hold up. Here's my last point about PSG. Okay. This is it. We've given you enough chances and excuses. You made it like you were bowed out two times before that. You made it to the final and lost. Now you have the manager that you wanted. Now you have the team that you wanted. Okay. It's Bayern Munich. Fair enough. It's time to show up. Show up or shut up. I, that's why you bought Neymar, right? You, you bought him. Yep to come in and win this competition and, and for him to get out of Messi's shadow at Barcelona and for him to be the guy that's going to lead it. It must've been really disheartening when Kylian Mbappe joined the team. You're like, wow, this guy's actually maybe a little bit better than me. <laughs> Whether he would say that publicly, probably not, but, but that must've been hard for his ego in some ways. 
I will say to your point about Bayern Munich, I just looked at their, their schedule and their, their last run of results. They've given up goals in seven straight games. They gave up three to Armenia Bielefeld. Uh, they lost to Eintracht Frankfurt. They gave up two goals there. They gave up a goal to Lazio. They gave up a goal to uh, FC Cologne. Borussia Dortmund scored two on them. Werder Bremen had one. Lazio scored again against them. You're right. There are some weaknesses there. And I think that PSG, I th- they're just better. When I look at, when I look at, let me see, because because Bayern were always very good defensively, right? They were good on both sides of the ball. They've given up 35 goals in the Bundesliga alone this season. That's more than one a game. That's very unlike them, to your point. When you look at the best defenses in the Bundesliga, RB Leipzig and Wolfsburg are the best, given only 21 up in 25 games. Now, let's go over to PSG really quick, who I believe are the best defense in all of France. Yes, they are the second best behind Lille. So they have 19 goals given up in 29 games in France. And sure, everybody's like, well, Bundesliga is better than France and blah, blah. Yeah, okay, all right. So maybe there's an argument to be made there. That said, though, PSG just... I love the variety point too, because when he plays higher up the fields, they just combine a little bit better. I think they're more fluid in their transition. Neymar has got to be healthy for this though. Yeah. They, they need to figure out a way to unbalance Bayern Munich. Cause if Bayern can maybe sit on Mbappe a little bit, they have a ton of experience Bayern, right? So if you got Benjamin Pavard, who's, who's really trying to get to Mbappe first to slow him down and then they can stack up things. Goretzka can slide over in the middle. Kimmich can maybe slide over and everybody can kind of, double or triple team Mbappe and get him before he gets going. They need somebody on the other side that can hurt them. And that way it'll open up more space for killing Mbappe. So I love this in so many different ways, the tactical side, the psychological side, and then who's going to show up and and score. I mean, what we saw last year in the final was that it was very tight. That game, if you guys remember, it was one zero to Bayern Munich. There weren't that many chances, but Bayern scored the chances that they did have and PSG did not. And that's going to prove to be the difference, I think, again, over these two legs. Yep, absolutely right. And the only thing that I'll add is that uh, no World Cup qualifiers for South American teams means that South American players can rest. And, you know, that's big for Neymar. And you mentioned it at the very top. Kaylor Navas. If you have a goalkeeper like that, anything can happen. All right, let's keep going because we got plenty of games. Man City against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, In my opinion, I think you agree. uh, The favorite, Manchester City against Borussia Dortmund and Erlen Haaland, of course. What do you see here? So first and foremost, I guess the joke is they just beat Borussia Mönchengladbach. So why don't they take another Borussia scalp this uh, European season? I am very curious to see how Erling Haaland plays against a club that has interest in, in him. I think every club has interest in Erling Haaland, but his dad played for the club for three seasons. So there's a little bit of a tie. There's a famous picture of Erling Haaland as a kid wearing a city jersey. So I'm sure that will be seen about three gajillion times on. It's going to be a banner at, at the end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I what I want to see is that for all the love Ruben Diaz and John Stones are getting, and rightfully so this season for being so good defensively, I want to see them up against Erling Holland. I want to see like a, such a mobile, strong number nine. For me, this isn't about Holland. If Dortmund really wants to get through this, this isn't about Holland versus those center backs. It's, it's the supporting players. Will Marco Royce show up? Will Gio Reyna show up? Will Jaden Sancho show up? This is a good advertisement for Jaden Sancho over these two legs as well. Can you perform against Manchester City? Sure, you can perform against, you know, Bayern Munich every once in a while and, and uh, RB Leipzig, but can you do it against the best team in the world right now? And that will be a nice challenge for all these young players on Dortmund. They don't have enough for me. They haven't shown enough. I think that maybe over one leg, honestly, if it was a one-off, 
I could see Dortmund maybe having a chance. Erling Holland just doing something special, scoring that first goal, putting pressure on City because we saw it against Wolves. I'm, I'm going to reference this game a lot, I think. When, when City went up 1-0 on Wolves, they relaxed. And then Wolves scored on a set piece. And then there was 10 or 15 minutes, Luis. I don't know if you watched this game or not. There was 10 or 15 minutes where City looked yep. very, very vulnerable. And they were giving up chance after chance after chance because they were like, whoa, we haven't been in this situation. And Adama Traore just couldn't find his finishing boots there. Had he scored, though, in that 10 or 15 minutes, I believe Wolves would have gone on to win. So there is some vulnerability in that City team, but you have to you have to make it difficult for them. You have to score when you get your opportunities. So I think in a one-off, Dortmund would do it, but over two legs against a team of this quality that's playing this well, I, I don't see it. This is I'm not going to say it's going to be easy for City, but I think they'll get through. Yeah, I'm not going to add too much to that. That was perfectly said. I agree. I think the one thing that I – that the only thing that I will say – is that if Borussia Dortmund want to win this, they should just watch what Manchester United did because Manchester United basically did the whole thing that we always talk about, the Mike Tyson quote, punch them in the face when you have a plan and you have to kind of just be in their face. It's the only way you're going to try and do it. If you let them do something and you let them play their game, it's over. It's over. I don't care how many Erling Haaland's you have. It's over. And that was my point on HQ. It was, you know, it's good. It's difficult for Man City, clearly, clearly a, a tough one, but... You know, it's doable because they can hit you in so many ways. You take away Erlen Haaland away from Borussia Dortmund and it becomes a much doable thing. Now, obviously, Erlen Haaland will play. It's just it's going to be trickier. And also defensively, guys, defensively, Man City is the best team in Europe. Mm -hmm. They're so good. So, you know, it's more than just Erlen Haaland, although Erlen is a huge part of it. But I see Man City going through. Correct. We're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's go here. Real Madrid against Liverpool 2018 Champions League final. That was 3-1. Gareth Bell got two goals in that one as well. Karim Benzema, Sadio Mane for Liverpool. Totally different teams. Uh, well, not completely different. Karim Benzema is still doing his thing. But, you know, different scenarios. What do you have here? Real Madrid against Liverpool. I love this one. So I'll start off by saying that both teams are not at the same level that they were a few years ago. I think it's going to come down to finishing. Liverpool have been very wasteful with their chances the whole season. Really lack consistency in front of goal outside of that one 7-0 smackdown of Crystal Palace earlier. And then I remember after that game, they couldn't score for five straight or something. They blew their, they blew their whole thing uh, during that. Yeah. Kareem Benzema is super hot right now. He's scoring a bunch of goals. He's wait, wait, wait. It. It's a Sulander quote. He's what? He's what? I can't. I'm like, it's too early for me to know Zoolander quotes. Come on now. He's, he's so, so hot right now. He's so hot right now. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. I, now I'm embarrassed. I should have known that right off. No, the it's okay. Your West Coast he's is so, so hard. He's so play. hot right now. He's so hot. <laughs> I Benzema. And, and I love the, the Sergio Ramos, Mo Salah story, because after the arm bar in the, the Champions League final where he knocked Salah out of the game, that could be another good tactic to use for Sergio Ramos because he's the only one that's really scoring goals consistently for Liverpool. What I will say, kind of looking forward, whoever wins this match, they're in the semis. So a Real Madrid or a Liverpool is in the semis. And if I'm Chelsea or Porto, who, who, who they would face, I'd be nervous about that because I feel like experience matters. Mm. You allow a team like a Liverpool or a Real Madrid to taste, have a, like they're just one step away from the final, these guys are going to figure out a way to do it. So it'll be interesting. I love this one. I love this matchup in so many different ways. It's just a matter of, who, who's going to, honestly, I think it comes down to who's, who takes their chances. I mean, we could say that about every game. It feels so generic to say that. But with these two teams in particular who having trouble scoring goals, let, let me give you an example. Kareem Benzema has 21 goals for Real Madrid. 
The second player that's got the most goals for Real Madrid is Casemiro. They're holding midfielder and he's got six. So if, if Liverpool can figure out a way to slow down Benzema and try to force somebody else to step up and be the hero, I think they've got a good chance. The problem is Liverpool's defense is a little bit all over the place. Conversely, Liverpool are kind of the same. I mean, most Salah scoring the bulk of the goals. Sadio Mane, Sadio Mane has been a little bit quiet. Bobby Firmino's off of it. If Diego Jota's healthy, then obviously he provides a different type of spark and a different look. So, so there, it's going to be interesting what Jurgen Klopp decides to do. This Madrid team shows up for this competition. I can't explain it. They can be absolute crap domestically in La Liga, but in this competition, they show up and they figure out ways to win. I'm going to give them the slight advantage because I just think that they have, if everybody's healthy, they, they have more at their disposal than I think Liverpool, who obviously have a plethora of injuries. Yeah, I'm with you. I have Real Madrid winning and I can explain it. It's 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 been the most successful club in Champions League history. They just, they love the continent. They love it. They love to play in big games. They love to play against teams from other nations. They just love to show what they can do. They're kind of like, you know, um, a professional model going down the catwalk. It's like, look at me. Look <laughs> so at what right <laughs> look, I am. Yeah, another Zoolander, right? They just completely just deliver that. And Kareem Benzema against Nat Phillips in Quebec, I like that odd, right? Yeah. It, it's it's just you, he's one of these players as he showed you uh, domestically a few weekends ago and even last weekend that if you give him just one tiny inch, he's going to destroy you. I don't want to take anything away from Liverpool. I do think you remember? That, do you remember Real Madrid? I'm just going to jump in on the Real Madrid thing before we move to Liverpool. But do you remember Real Madrid losing to Manchester City last year in the Champions League before everything got shut down hmm. for the pandemic? They went to City and they needed to get a result. They got, I, I feel like they were there. They got an early goal or whatever, but Kareem Benzema missed some sitters. And then Varane handed the game over to City. Like he just made two absolute, un, unlike Rafael Varane mistakes. Yeah. And that is what ultimately sent City through. They were hanging at that time. And that's still a very good Manchester City team. Uh, and that was with Benzema game. not doing his thing. Like. Right. I mean, he missed, he missed some sitters in that game. And, and Benzema does have a tendency of doing that. But right now he's in very good form. And, and he knows that he has to perform if Madrid are going to go through and obviously still stay relevant in the La Liga title race as well. So here's the other thing, Jimmy. Here's the other thing. Vinicius Jr. is looking very is. good as well. He, and he can't finish. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, but you know who can? Sergio Ramos, who, scores, who scores more goals than most strikers in Europe, which is kind of insane. So, but anyway, sorry, Liverpool fans. Let's go to you for a second. We've said all along, honestly, you kind of have to win this Champions League if you want to get anything. I don't see you getting a top four this season. I don't think Chelsea's going to let go of that four spot. It's too far away from Leicester City. Manchester United, of course, and Man City already, I think, in full control. This is your best chance, Liverpool. This is your best chance to do it. And I know that whenever you hear Jurgen Klopp say anything in press conferences, he's going to give you the opposite. But I know that inside, internally, he's absolutely saying this. Let's win this Champions League. We have done it recently. We can do it again, and we can do it with this squad. The problem is, is that I still worry at the back. And when you have Karim Benzema going up against you, and Asensio coming off the bench, and Vinicius Jr., and then, oh, look behind you, Tony Cruz, Luka Modric, forget about it. I just, I'm leaning towards Real Madrid. I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Liverpool are obviously Liverpool, the defending Premier League champion, but Real Madrid are onto something these days. All I'll say really quick about Liverpool is that they have now had three weeks to rest. They didn't have any games midweek. They finally get like multiple weeks to rest. It's just it's unheard of given how truncated the season has been. When they come out of the break, though, they got Arsenal away. 
Then they take on Real Madrid away. Then they, they head home, which they're not very good at at home, right? <laughs> this season against Aston Villa. And then they take on Real Madrid at Anfield. And then they got That's Leeds, Newcastle, Man United, Southampton, West Brom, Burnley to finish the season. That's a lot. That's a yeah, lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, so coming out of this break, whoever's going to be sharper coming out of it, because they've had so much time, which I think that rest is very important for this team, physically and mentally, getting sharp again, getting back that game match sharpness could be a little bit harder. So that that's that's not just isolated to Liverpool. That's for everybody. Because sometimes there is a bit of malaise that, that seeps into your team when you take that last big breath as you get into the stretch run. We'll see. I mean, Liverpool's got a ton of experience. So I'm not worried about that. But for some of the other players that you've been mentioning, the ones that are younger for Liverpool, this is this is something that they've never experienced before at this level. So we'll see how they perform. That Keep an eye on that Arsenal game because if they come out guns blazing, their next match is against Madrid in Spain. They need to play well in that one. That that one will decide for me how I feel about Liverpool going into leg one. Yeah, and Diego Jota is a major part of all of this, I think. Mm -hmm. Diego Jota is a major part. Right, what do you guys think? Diego Lasso, Paul, tweet us uh, who's going to win that one. All right, let's finish it off here. Listen, Jimmy, before Lampard was fired, and I predicted Lampard was going to get fired at the beginning of the season. He did, which is crazy. Pay, yeah. Fair play to you. You should I, take my job as the wagering name. No, I was off by a month. Uh, I said Christmas because I thought Chelsea were going to be cruel, but they gave it until January and then it happened. But before that, even during Lampard, I said that Chelsea's better equipped in the Champions League, Jimmy, than in the domestic league because I, you just look at their squad and they're just a continental kind of team, right? They, 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 they're, they're probably more adept to teams from other leagues. And now with Thomas Tuchel, who you brought up earlier, a manager that's just been to the Champions League final, hasn't lost yet, defensively sound, just beat Atletico Madrid pretty resoundedly, to be honest, pretty comfortably. And now they face Porto, a very doable game. I don't think they've lost any time they faced Porto previously. Um, I see Chelsea... <laughs> Going pretty far here. And I dare say, do they even make the final? Like, that's how, you know, confident I am about Chelsea right now. What do you think? Porto against Chelsea, final one. Yeah, this is a really tough one. Porto had never beaten Juventus either and beat them in leg one. They figured out a way to, I don't know, they got that Granada in the in the Europa League vibe, right? They're the Cinderella story of this one. This is these, these are the stories I think that we we look for and we 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 root for for Porto. I think I came on the pod to, to throw another prediction at you guys. When I looked at the original round of 16 matchups for the Champions League, I looked at Porto Juve going, I think Porto can do it. That was my big upset, my initial instinct. Yeah. And that had proved to be true. And I was still, as it got closer, I was like, ah, I don't know if I, how I feel about it because Juve was playing pretty well at that time. But Porto found a way. Sergio Conceição, very organized. My notes for this, when I first saw the draw, my first thought was, can Chelsea 0-0 their way to the final? Like, is that, is that, are they going to do that? You know, are they going to figure out a way? Obviously, you know, they scored a couple goals against Atleti, very, very good defensive team. Atleti didn't perform well over both, over both legs. Not only do I think that's due to Atleti just kind of hitting that part of the season, but also to credit Tuchel and, and, and their setup. Porto's going to have a much more difficult time. Porto's going to probably have to make the game a little bit more. I think Juve was trying to play and, and Porto was trying to punch on the counterattack. Chelsea looked to do that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, you know, Pepe, I love seeing Pepe still in the Champions League. I would, I would really, it would be awesome to see Pepe versus Sergio Ramos in the semifinals. Oh, how good is that? Yeah, it's like, how many fouls can these guys get? Uh, <laughs> who's going to get more yellow cards and red cards and fouls and, and uh, you know, cheat? Try to take his well, I say cheap, but also just take advantage of what they can do and what they yeah, can do. Yeah, my money is on Sergio Ramos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's the master of the dark arts of defending. But I wouldn't say this is done and dusted. I think that Chelsea weren't the favorites against Atletico Madrid. And 
talking to Jonathan Johnson, who is very familiar with, with Tuchel, especially when he was at PSG, he said that PSG struggled, and Tuchel struggled in particular, when he was the out-and-out favorite to win and that his tactics were harder. He liked when he was the underdog. He liked when he had to create tactics that were, that were a little bit more counterattacking, a little bit more we've got nothing to lose type stuff. And, and I wonder, because Porto are going to sit back, they're going to make it difficult. This, I, of the draws, this one's probably not going to be the most exciting. If you're, if you're a hardcore tactical nerd, I, I think it's going to be great because it's just going to be interesting to see what Conceição does against this Chelsea team and vice versa with Tuchel. I think Chelsea will probably score that one goal that they need. Olivier Giroud is going to pull some crazy, you know, heel flick into the top corner and, and be the hero because that's what Olivier Giroud does. And then in the semis, I just, I really like Real Madrid and Liverpool. Either one of those clubs to, to get past Chelsea over two legs. If that was a one-off, I, I like Tuchel in a one-off. But and, and remember, Jonathan Johnson also said that Tuchel is very good in one-offs. And PSG got to the final last year because of the unique you know, uh, circumstances where everything was a one-off in the knockout rounds over two legs. He said that Tuchel struggles. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what now I'm getting ahead of myself here. I think they will get past Porto uh, with all due respect to Porto. I think their dream is going to come to an end. They also, they're 10 points behind sporting club de Portugal in their league. So it looks like Sporting's going to win their first league title. And I think a decade. So congratulations to them, maybe even more than a decade. And then, and then, but they've got only a one point lead over Braga for that last Champions League spot in their domestic league. So they still have to focus on that a little bit. Whereas Chelsea obviously is still fighting for stuff. I just don't think Porto has the depth that Chelsea has. Yeah. I, the only thing that I'll say is that the, when Porto beat Juventus, is because Juventus really could not offer much more against them. Whereas, like, uh, and they just, you know, they were being so reactive to Juventus. You kind of have to do more when you face Thomas Tuchel. Uh, you have to do more than that because Chelsea will, you know, Tuchel will figure you out. They'll be like, okay, so you want to sit or you want to be selective in your press or selective in your counter? We're going to do exactly the same. But guess what? We're better at keeping the ball. So that to me is the uh, a bit of a difference. But the Mourinho Derby, we'll see what happens in, in that one. All right. Listen, everybody, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Europa League. We'll talk about the Europa League because that also is super intriguing. Que golazo, Champions League and Europa League draw. Uh, recap, talk about, reaction. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. The madness is here. And the Eye on College Basketball podcast is your audio guide for the entire NCAA tournament. Over the next few weeks, Gary Parrish and Matt Norlander take you from Selection Sunday, which already happened, to the net cutting in Indianapolis this week. They'll help you fill out your bracket and then provide recaps after each day of action as a tournament kicks off, tips off. And if you want the best March Madness analysis, subscribe to the Eye on College Basketball podcast anywhere you find this one. So if you've already filled your bracket, but you want all that analysis, you got to go to the Eye on College Basketball podcast right here on CBSports.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso Champions League, Europa League draw, reaction semifinals. I'm sorry, quarterfinals and semifinals are set. We're going Europa League draw now, Jimmy, uh, very quickly. I'm going to give you all of them and just, you know, tell me, tell me what you think. <laughs> sure, sure. Granada, Manchester United, Arsenal against Lavia Praha. Ajax against Roma, Dinamo Zagreb against Villarreal, and then in the semis draw, the winner of Granada Man United face Ajax Roma winner, and the winner of Dinamo against uh, Villarreal faces Arsenal or Slavia Praha. Uh, what do you have? Yeah, what do you think? Okay, okay, so I'll start with Granada Manchester United. 
I, I love the Granada story. First time ever they're in the uh, European competition and they get to the quarterfinals. It's next level. And, and they're starting to regain their form in La Liga. So they're still, I think there's six points behind Real Betis for the sixth spot, the last Europa League spot. So we'll see if this gives them that boost. It's unfortunate though, excuse me, that they're playing Manchester United. And I actually think it's double unfortunate. If I'm, I don't even know if that's a phrase, but I'm making it up that they're hosting the first game that man United gets to travel to them first, because I feel like man United are better away from home. And that's been proven this season. So for them to be able to set the tone and get a good positive results in Spain and then, and then go back to old Trafford and just lock it down to go through feels kind of unfair to Granada. They do have some special players. Diego Martinez, their manager should be up for European manager of the year. If they continue to go on this run for sure. And he should be in the conversation regardless, just due to all the injuries that they have as well. But if Granada's fit, they're going to prove to be a problem. And I love seeing Roberto Saldado, who much maligned player when he was with Tottenham Hotspur, actually outlasting Tottenham Hotspur with his current La Liga team, <laughs> Bobby Soldier, by the way. So, so I, I like, uh, I like this matchup, but Man United, too much depth. You know, they're pretty secure in their top four status, so they can really kind of focus maybe a little bit more attention, especially in that first leg of getting after Granada. So, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. What do you think? I'm so upset because I really, <laughs> I just I love Granada. It's it's such a they're such a great team. But, you know, you know, Lucho Garcia said it. Don't completely underestimate them. They're going to be trickier than most people think. I just but Man United remain the favorite here. I'll just quickly add some thoughts on other games here. Ajax Roma is going to be great. I think that's, uh, that's yeah. going to be a great game. Um, and in terms of Arsenal, I think you'd be hap the happiest. You know, I, I, I don't want to completely underestimate Slavia Praha. They beat Rangers, of course, Leicester City. But, you know, I think in, I'd rather get them than, you know, an Ajax or a Roma. At so, this so, I agree with you on that 100%. I mean, if you're going to look at all the teams that are on the list, you'd probably say, yeah, I'll take Slavia Prague. That's fine. But they have taken some scalps of teams in that area of the world, as you no, mentioned, with Leicester City and Rangers. So that has to be taken into consideration. I just want to know your thoughts. I don't think this Arsenal team does well as the favorites. I don't think that's a role. No, it's your Thomas Tuchel philosophy. I agree. Yeah, I think I think that Mikel Arteta would rather be the underdog. And so eh, most teams would, right? It's an easier place to come from and an easier place to get everybody galvanized and, and you know, rowing the boat in the same direction. Not that you need to in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I don't think this ties is easy. I think it's going to be hard. And I think it's going to be a fight. And I wonder sometimes, to your point about the Mike Tyson uh, quote, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Slavia Prague's going to punch Arsenal in the face. Yeah. And when maybe you have a lot of... Maybe literally. Yeah, and so... <laughs> or kick well i guess that was kamar roof that kicked them in the face but but yeah, yeah it's and it's gonna get scrappy ken smith Rowe, odegaard saka obamiang lacazette you know we know granite jaka doesn't mind to scrap thomas Partey looks like he likes to scrap you know i mean do they have enough guys that are willing to take that punch and then get back up and, and then still dominate you know it's it's I, i've seen i've been and around a lot of players played with and against a lot of these players you punch them in the face once you don't have to worry about them the rest of the game true which which arsenal team are you going to see which version are they going to be the tough one because they need to be tough this is a street fight so i i don't think this one's completely dead but i like arsenal there i oh, actually wait, think one second arsenal what do you think are they in the fa cup no Worse, no. th this is it for them. Like, because you're That's tenth true. in That's the true. Premier That's League. Good point. Good point. You're te you're tenth in the Premier League. Like, just like we we're talking about Liverpool, you got no chance for Europa League, I think, or definitely not champions. So you got to win this. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. What they do have, yeah. Go I ahead. Don't know. They, no, they do have West Ham this weekend, right? So that 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 win before the break, the international break, 
I think will dictate a lot because can they get those points? We'll see. That's such a massive game and it will have so many implications for how they address this competition and everything else. If they lose the West Ham here, then to your point, for sure, 100%, they're not getting top six. And they're like, oh, whatever. Let's, we're mid-table. We're going to deal with it. We accept it. Now we can just focus everything on the Europa League. But if they beat West Ham and they gain those points and they jump up, you know, they're, they're tied with Villa. And, you know, they get up to 44 points. That puts West Ham at 48. But they got extra games in hand, Jimmy, too. Like, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Everything to play for, though. I mean, yeah. they'll, that'll, no, that'll yeah, give you a little win. bit more belief. But, but really, who I think has... The best draw, say it, honestly, is is Villarreal. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, Dinamo Zagreb obviously pulled the miracle off against Tottenham. Tottenham just didn't show up, and they got punished for it. They, you got to play two legs, baby. Villarreal did it against RB Salzburg. Did it against Dinamo Kiev. Won all of those games very professionally. They have a hundred percent home record on your in European competitions this season. Gerard Moreno, who's trying to get into the Spanish national team for the Euros, is on fire this season for the Yellow Amazing. Submarine. Dino was a grab. I just think they did what they were going to do. You know, when you see a team like that was their big moment of their season, they beat Spurs. That's it for them. Yeah. Right. So now Villarreal comes in professional. I honestly think it's going to be like a four, one or four, zero over two legs, maybe, you know, five, two, whatever. But Villarreal is going to get through. Une Emery has won this competition three times with the Spanish team. He knows what it takes. I'm here for Villarreal taking on Arsenal. I want to see Une Emery have a crack at a team that sacked him. 100%. And, uh, and I want them to beat them. I want that. Sorry. Yeah. I want that, and I want Villarreal to win. I think that Villarreal will. I think when you look at those four teams, the one that's put together the most, the one that has been the most consistent in this competition, the one that could probably taste that they're in a good position to, to make a run to the final is these guys. And Une Emery knows how to, to, to maneuver in this, in this competition. Well, I like Villarreal to get to the final. I could see a Man United. That's Ajax, it. Man United, Ajax semi. Arsenal, Villarreal. Villarreal, Man United in the final. Uh, even though I like Ajax, I think they could get past Man United. Just depends on form at that point. But but Man United v Real in the final would be sick. No, I was literally just about to say that my final's already set. It's Manchester United against Villarreal, but we'll oh, see what happens. I love you, Luis. Yes, yeah, see, but hey, listen, shout out to your Roma though, because uh, you know they, they they could do things with Chris Smalling and coming back and stuff like that. You know, if if Chris Smalling comes tough. back, it's yeah. tough. I v, uh, Roma for me is too up and down. Ajax, dude, what's they're on a 22 game unbeaten streak and they've won 19 of those 22. I mean, they're, they're on something fierce. I, I, and champion experience. Yeah. Too. Eric Ten Hag, the manager, Dusan Tadic, the captain, they're bringing Brian Brabby off the bench. Who's just guy. Just, it's unreal. They've just got a lot of depth. They know who they are, right? They've got their identity. Roma for me, it's just two up and down. I think Ajax over two legs. will get them. But regardless, I see United via Real in the final. That should be fun. All right. Well, hey, everybody, you cannot complain. We just gave you everything there. Champions League and Europa League. Jimmy Conrad, final words. Rewind. Jimmy Conrad, final words before we say goodbye. I love when you say nobody can complain. I hope they're not complaining. And if they have a complaint, you can send it to our customer service. Lisa Roman. Lisa Roman. She's good. <laughs> That's it. I, you guys have nothing to complain about. We enjoy your support and for you listening. And we look forward to bringing in more magic for you in the future. Well said. Thank you, brother. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Que Golazo Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure that you see us on CBSports.com and watch us as well. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Que Golazo. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend, and we'll see you next time. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.